I hear this kind of breathing sound. I look to my right and there's a massive bull bison 10 feet away walking right towards me. So I jump up, pick up my camera and leg it. But then the annoying thing, I look behind me, there's a parking area. There's like 20 tourists with their phones out filming this, not warning me <laughs> that this is gonna happen because they're gonna put it on YouTube. What up everybody, it's your host J.D. Prater of The PPC Show, where we interview the best and brightest in paid search and paid social advertising. This week on the show, we're joined by Ollie Gardner, co-founder of Unbounce. And in this episode, you'll want to have a pen and paper ready because he's going to be explaining his five-step framework for data-driven design. So strap in, buckle up, because he's going to be dropping some serious knowledge on how to improve those conversion rates. And definitely make sure that you listen to the end because you don't want to miss the story of how he almost got gored and trampled by a bison, not once, but on three separate occasions. Let's get started. Ollie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm always excited for all of our guests that come on, but uh, you're one that I have definitely always enjoyed watching present at conferences. I remember the very first time I saw you present back at PPC, or sorry, Hero Comp Portland just over two years ago. Yeah, that was uh, all, one of my very first gigs. I remember I had a lot of really loud audio in my in my slides, like this misheard lyrics bit that's super loud. And because it's a multi-track event, I remember some AV guys sprinting in the room from a different other another room going, what's going on? Turn down, turn down. <laughs> and other people are tweeting, I want to be in that room. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was really good. I remember that was like kind of my first uh, like soiree into like what is CRO and why I should care as a PPC marketer. So right. thank you for the introduction. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. And uh, of course, if, for those that don't know, uh, launching Unbound. So yeah. Give us a quick rundown. Sure. I'm one of six co-founders at Unbounce. We, we're based in Vancouver, BC, Canada, the real Vancouver, not that fake one in Washington. <laughs> and yeah, we started almost eight years ago, August wow. 2009. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, six co-founders, which is kind of cool, kind of weird, uh, but it's, it worked out really well. And we'd all worked on and off together for like a decade prior to that, different jobs. And we, you know, our CEO, Rick, spotted this need. We'd all worked either in marketing or with marketing teams and seen the pain of not being able to build landing pages. So we created Unbounce to solve that problem. Like after research, everybody had the same problem. They all said, yes, we need this, please do it. And yeah, and here we are eight years later. Wow. So kind of crazy. That's crazy. I mean, I did not realize that it had been that long. I, I'm trying to think about like websites in 2009 to where they are <laughs> now. Like, yeah, super big need. And even now I'm like, oh man, it's still a need. So uh, yeah. way, to, way to spot a trend early in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. And if you, if you look at Google Trends, actually, um, you search for landing page, landing pages, basically it accelerates massively. There's a big kind of kick right when we started 2009. So when I started writing about landing pages, there were a couple, there were some 
there's conversations going on prior to that, but we totally spiked that from, you know, then till now. So, uh, yeah, it was a perfect timing. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, yeah, let's, let's take it a step further. So, um, you did a recent presentation at MozCon where you said, uh, design should be informed by data and not trends. So what exactly is data driven design? Yeah, data-driven design is, I mean, it sounds kind of self-explanatory, uh, but an important thing to note is when I say design, I don't mean graphic design, visual design. I mean experience design. So data-driven design is, is a framework for marketing optimization that helps marketing teams improve how they collaborate. Uh, so, you know, it's really for, I did a lot of research into the relationship between marketers, designers, and copywriters, because it's kind of dysfunctional. Hmm. There's a lot of bad feeling under the surface with how they treat one another, particularly between marketer and designer. Uh, so I wanted to explore that and try and solve the problem. So this process is, it's really about helping them collaborate together. And at the same time, getting data in their hands in a more simple way. So part of it, I have this big playbook where instead, because data is everywhere, which is great, but you know, it, it can be overwhelming. There's too much of it, especially if you're not a technical marketer or you're a designer, a copywriter, a creative director, anyone, you know, where do you begin? So <laughs> the idea behind this is to take the 500, 10,000 different types of data out there and distill it to the, the types of data you should be looking at based on what you're going to be working on. Uh, you know, so it just, it just makes it simpler. And I actually prefer data informed design. Okay. You know, like, because it should inform us, it shouldn't remove our creativity. It shouldn't take over what we're doing, but data driven design has three D's in it. And I like alliteration. So I went with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And also it means, right. means I can call it 3D process. So, you know, nice. I'm, I'm just a giant nerd and, Usually in the talk, I explained that, that I preferred the concept of data informed. Um, but the reason I talk about trends in that is that there are design trends, interaction design trends that come along every year. And most of them are unvalidated or untested. Uh, that's a big problem. You know, they get stuffed into themes, WordPress themes, which are great. It's great to have these things that accelerate new companies getting a web presence but they're crammed full of all of these, you know, horrible interactive models that, especially when combined together, they can slow your site down. They can make it a, just a bad interaction experience and, and, and a ultimately a bad conversion experience. And people don't even know that, that they're doing that because like, they don't understand the stuff, right? That's not their business to know that stuff. So I want to help people when they're confronted with that, have a way to, understand it, approach it, validate it, and actually be able to learn whether these things are good or bad, hmm. how to make them better, basically. I really like that. That's, that's really good stuff there. One thing I kind of want to unpackage that you said was how uh, marketers, designers, copywriters can like work together. So ideal world, okay? Ideal world. Let's say right here at on bounce right here at ad stage like what should this workflow look like when we whenever we are approaching design you know like me as a marketer like what should i be doing yeah uh so the process in this talk is uh is six steps the first is you you check the 3d playbook which is this 
interactive uh, Google Sheet, which you know you choose what you're working on. Maybe you're looking at uh, a form, uh, or you know, uh, if you're if you're really unfortunate and you have to deal with like a big promo slider or <laughs> anything like that, whatever it is you're looking at, or maybe it's a value prop headline, any of that kind of stuff. You look in the playbook and it cross-references it with a bunch of different data types that you should look at. So if you look at one of these, it may say, do I use a session recording, look at a scroll map, look at page load speed in Google Analytics, do a usability test, blah, blah, blah. Then, and they're all set up because they're relevant to that experience as opposed to, okay, we have everything, don't know what to do. So that's kind of the first step, identifying what you should begin looking at then you collect the data and this is where collaboration begins usually it'll be the marketer who if they do this uh, and actually in my research 65 percent of marketers say they don't have enough data to do their job effectively wow so that's kind of terrible and i've repeated that i did that on a fairly large scale like 700 marketers um but then i repeat it often when i go to a conference i ask the organizer hey can i send a survey to attendees and it's always the same number like 65 67 percent wherever i go so I, I see this repeated problem anyway so the collection of the data is really important to begin the collaborative process because if you you know say you need these seven different types of data according to the playbook you can then assign them or do it together you know like oh, you know hey mike you go and get this from ga uh Cindy, go into Hotjar and look and grab the scroll map data. Because when the team starts to go, oh, that's where this data comes from. That's what it looks like. They start to develop more of an understanding of how this whole thing works, even if it's not their typical discipline. <laughs> so that's step two. Step three is observation. So you sit down together, excuse me, and then uh, you look at the data and you discuss it and you make observations. This is anything like things that are broken, things that are confusing, things that are awesome, whatever it is. Like I have a bunch of worksheets you can print out. It's best to do this, you know, in an analog way I find, because it's just more, you think more when you have to spend the time to write something down uh, and you can do it in a room together. So you make all these observations and then step four, and this is a really interesting part, you assign micrometrics. And I, I came up with this part because I see, you know, there's too much focus on just the conversion rate, uh, but and it needs to be broken down into like the little micro elements of that, because and this is different to like um, micro conversions, say along a process. This is all within the same experience. So let's say you make 14 observations based on the seven different types of data you're looking at then you decide which ones of those you want to influence. So let's say you get uh, your form is getting 20% 20, 20 of the leads you get are spam, spam emails. They're not real. Okay, I want to influence that. I want to change on-page behavior to make that better. So I assign a micrometric to that, which is percentage of spam emails. And now, so that's from an observation, I make it a micrometric. So then in the next stage, and you won't do it with all of them, like the 14 observations, maybe you'll say, okay, a couple of them, they're just observations. We're not going to do anything, but we want to change behavior for four of them. So now we have four micrometrics outside of conversion rate, 
And then in step five, which is the design card phase where everybody sketches their ideas of how to solve these problems, how to change behavior for those four micrometrics that you chose that you want to influence. So everybody does this and then it's, it's kind of cool to do that where everyone leaves a the room, they go and sketch their observations and they sketch ways of solving the problem. Then you come back and everybody presents to the team. And this is where you really start to develop empathy, um, two levels. One being empathy for your visitors, your customers, because you've been looking at this data, but then also for one another. And this part is designed to solve some of the frustration and the, and the dysfunction in marketing teams. Because when a marketer sees a designer, like what they're doing and how they think, they start developing empathy and going, oh, wow, that's, I would never have thought of that. Wow, you're, you're gifted, you know? And similarly, you know, the copywriter and the marketer will think in different ways and you all start understanding better how people work, how people think, and that improves the relationship because the, the level of respect rises and people learn from one another. So that's the design card phase. Then you get to give all of these design cards to the designer and they can take all of that data informed design and go off and create a new landing page or web page, whatever it is, website or landing page for a campaign based on all of that and create a new one. Instead of just like, you know, one of the problems is designers are often asked 81% in my research to start their work before they're given the copy hmm. and most of the time without any data. And that's terrible. That's why we come up with templated designs that all look the same or using trends or copying com competition. That's not the right way. When you follow this process, the designer has got all this amazing stuff that was collaboratively created, and then they can put it together to create their new treatment, which you can step six, run an A-B test with your original and this new 3D version. Um, and then you measure the micrometrics and the conversion rate because most tests fail in the sense that they flatline, right? Nothing wins, nothing loses. It's very common. So what do you do? Well, when that happens, people usually do one or two things. They go, oh, well, I prefer this version. It didn't lose. I'm just <laughs> going to push it live, yeah. right? That's a really yeah. common <laughs> reaction. Or they go, huh, it didn't win. Let's keep the original. And there'll be politics in that to which one. But you didn't really, there's a good chance you didn't learn much other than it didn't win. But if you look at the micrometric level, you could go, okay, let's check the spam emails again. Oh, it went down to 10%. We changed on-page behavior. We optimized this. So now you learn to be a better designer, a better optimizer, ultimately a better marketer, better business person because of these things. You look at all these micrometrics and go, wow, we actually beat the treatment, uh, the control in three of these areas, even though the, the conversion rate didn't change. This is way better. Or maybe it's you want to increase the number of people who sign up for the, the $99 plan instead of 49, right? All of these different metrics and that helps you make it a, a much more informed decision as to what is actually winning. Hmm. So it's just a different way of thinking. Yeah, it really is. I, I really, really like the, the process. Thank you for taking us and walking us through all of that. It's one thing that I really took away was really starting with um, having information first. So having data, making sure that you are, um, 
using the right tools. So, so with that, you know, if people that are listening, how do you approach some of this testing and like, what, what, what are some of the tools that you use and recommend us to uh, start using whenever we are trying to come up with those hypotheses in order to get that data first? Uh, so yeah, lots of different tools. Um, you know, so the, the case of the lead data, well, a landing page in Unbounce, I'd look at the leads in there for like whether they're professional email addresses or spam ones or whatever um, for heat maps, you know, scroll maps, click maps, that kind of thing, and set user session recordings, poll surveys, all that. Hotjar does all of that. There's other competitors of theirs that do the same thing. They have multiple uh, levels of insight. Um, you know, those are some of the best ways. Usability tests, which usually terrify people. Oh, we got to hire a bunch of you know, we got to pay $100 per participant. We've got to get someone to recruit them. Yes, a lot of the time you have to do that. But you can also, like one of the examples on my talk, I slacked 10 people and said, hey, do you have two minutes? They said yes. And this is, again, this comes back to the collaboration. This is how you set up a culture of optimization. Because when you ask people to take part in these little things, they love it. <laughs> I, and I've had people go, I love these things. You know, when I, when I ask have it on video it's awesome <laughs> and i just sat them down one simple task uh it was i was testing a conversational form which is a really new design trend where you uh, a company in copenhagen called space 10 a little script that converts a regular form into a conversational form which looks like a chat window chat bot or just a chat with <laughs> someone it's really cool but i wanted to validate it because it was so interesting i've been running a lot of experiments and so i was like Okay, all they have to do, you know, they read out the instructions for the task. Uh, I was searching for a landing page course on Google. I arrived on this page. Find a way to take the course. Simple instructions, not leading, just saying this is the thing you have to do. And then record them. I use Camtasia for that. So you get the screen and you get their, their video, the video of their face as well. So you can see their actual reactions. There are more um, specific usability tools like Moray is by the same people, TechSmith, and there's tons of other ones. but I have Camtasia, it works. Um, and it takes two minutes and then you watch them. I'm watching them, how they interact with this conversational form. I'm asking them about it afterwards. Like, what was it like with that? Like, you know, how did you feel about that? And you, I had amazing insights where one of the women who was a test participant, she was saying, well, I don't know when this is gonna end. And that's because you can't see the form fields. It's a hmm. chat. She's like, how many of these questions do I have to answer, right? Insights yeah. like that are, are like so useful. Um, so yeah, so uh, tons of tools. If you have show notes or something, we can have a link to this yeah. playbook, which which basically will tell you a lot of these where to go for these things. Perfect. And other things, there's benchmark reports, there's scripts, there's a whole bunch of different ways you can get data. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. So, yeah, so that's kind of where you begin. Um, you know you're a PPC marketer, you have to have a really strong sense of context. You can't just focus on your ads. It might just be your job to do that, but that's why the team thing is important. You know, landing pages are core to that experience. Search and, you know, paid. It's all about creating an experience that solves problems for your visitors. So you need to be mindful of that uh, because that <laughs> one thing I do at the start of my talk is I say, put your hand up if you're a designer. And like 7% will put their hand up. And then I say, okay, everyone who has their hand down is wrong. 
<laughs> uh, because we're all designers because designers are problem solvers <laughs> and we're all trying to solve problems so that's the kind of mindset you know like always be optimizing everything you see that's broken think of a way to fix it you become a better designer i'm doing air quotes and that's kind of how you all kind of get better as marketers and use features like dynamic text replacement which unbounce has that improves relevance you know from your ad to your landing page and yeah really i mean you know ppc search it's just it's just part of 10 different marketing disciplines exactly so, you know, yeah the, the more you collaborate which i know is that's the kind of thing that that's why another reason i came up with this because i'm tired of saying and hearing other people say oh we should just collaborate more well yeah duh but how <laughs> right so <laughs> the guiding people as to how they should do that is kind of a better step than just saying just collaborate because <laughs> people don't people don't naturally do that they're like i'm just gonna do my own work for you <laughs> oh man i like that uh one thing i wanted to uh, follow up with you on that one was uh you said that you are recording uh their like their faces so you are looking at their reactions to that why why is that why do you think that's so important because that's the human side if if you're just looking at a typed response say in a survey or just what someone does with their mouse, then that's what happened. But with the, the facial expressions, you get a bit more of an insight into the why. You know, if someone's disgusted by the experience, you need to know that, you know? Because <laughs> they may struggle, they may muddle their way through it anyway, because they have high desire to complete this thing. Maybe you're the only person that offers it. That doesn't mean you should have a shitty experience <laughs> and, you know, or that it's okay to have a shitty experience. So it's important to have that as one of your inputs to see how it actually makes people feel, <laughs> you know, whether they are like frowning or whether they're like, you know, looking up in the air because they're thinking for a long time. Like these are all amazing signals to get. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. Uh, that's really good. Really good information there with, um, we kind of like touched on the, the PPC marketers, right? So we're typically really data driven. We're into the weeds a lot. We're probably in Excel analyzing data and probably not really thinking about the design piece of that. What are some ways that we can get better? Uh, I really liked your framework, but um, is there, do you have any recommendations for us uh, for getting better at design? And the other part of that is, you know, should we, or should we be hiring designers to really think through this process for us? Yeah, you should definitely have a designer because, like I said, this is, experience, <laughs> yes. this is experience design. We should all be better at creating experiences and solving problems, that concept of design. But for graphic design, visual design, you need a designer because in, in my talk, so the two, two sides of the research I've done, one is, you know, finding out about the frustration people feel. But then I end with like, well, what's, it, what's awesome about working with a designer or a marketer or a copywriter? And just, you know, to end on a feel good kind of note in my talk and the, the, the word magic comes up a lot when, when marketers are talking about designers and superpowers, things like that, because marketers are empathetic by design and they, they can do things that we don't understand. We, as if you're not a designer, I'm a fairly good designer, but I'm very slow at it. Um, but, it, and if they have access to data and you work with them, they can 
work magic and you can do it together. <laughs> sounds like, yeah, this is the bedroom. This is where the magic happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, you should become a better designer and optimizer, but not as a functional description of your job title. You need an actual designer to do that part. And one of the problems is that people tend to treat designers like artists, which is kind of insulting. And they might be an artist, a lot of them are, but that's not their job at work. Sometimes it might be, but typically it's not. They're designing, solving problems, and we have to treat them as such, uh, you know, and not thinking, oh, can you make that pretty? You know, that's, that's one of the things that comes up that pisses off designers because they, they get spoken to in that kind of in that kind of way, you know, make the logo bigger. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, so true. <laughs> oh, there was an amazing thing. This is like 10 years ago. Uh, there was a campaign that someone did. I don't remember who, but it was for uh, make the logo bigger cream. <laughs> so you could buy this cream and like and t-shirts and stuff for like all about you know that you give to stakeholders who are requesting a bigger logo <laughs> what's uh this is a little off the cuff here what is uh like a question that you hear a lot that you just absolutely hate coming from like you know marketers like as far as yeah and along the same lines of can you make the logo bigger uh, hmm Kind of along the lines of like, okay, so um, we've we've got this. Uh, it does exactly what I want. I don't need to change it. I, I just need you to make it look better. You know, just just make it look pretty, or just you know, just like, can you or can you just whip something up? Can you just whip up something yeah. nice kind of thing? You know, like it's. I'm so guilty of all this. Yeah, and I had uh, one of the responses from a designer was, we don't stand behind a copyright, uh, behind a, a marketer pointing at their data going, oh, why does it say that? Or what's that? Or, or, or you know, why are you thinking like that? Whereas a marketer standing over a designer's back going, uh, no, no, move that here, move that. I've been guilty in the past, but I'm a good designer. So I, I know sometimes that I'm right in saying that, but it's, it can be, you know, it can be a bit condescending a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, well, but that's not to say that the, the designers are like, um, like, are amazing and marketers suck that's not the case a lot of designers aren't very good they don't know how to design for conversion we have to all learn that together because it's kind of new yeah i definitely agree with that when uh, i'll give you one that i always liked was uh, can you just make it pop right do you want me to put a starburst on it or you want me to put like a glowing <laughs> rim around the edge that's <laughs> right <laughs> not breakfast cereal <laughs> oh man oh man i wish we could just uh talk about this for the rest of the rest of the show is just making fun of all those all the dumb things that marketers tell uh design people uh right some of the things that come out of our mouths is just really embarrassing <laughs> so well cool let's do uh the next segment which is a quick fire round all right so i'm, I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions here and you've got 60 seconds give or take all right all right. So um, you, co-founder of Unbounce, right? So you've been in doing this for quite a while now. So what resources do you turn to for CRO knowledge? So blogs, articles, videos, whatever it is, what do you turn to? Nothing. I'm a narcissist. <laughs> My own work. <laughs> uh, mainly, uh, <laughs> it's half true. Um, mainly... <laughs> Mainly just uh, talks, because I speak a lot, so it's usually other talks at conferences and the conversations I have with other speakers and founders at dinner mm -hmm. afterwards. That's where I go. 
Yeah, I I would agree as well. So I, I've uh, spoken at, a, in, at a, a few conferences, mostly like PPC related. And the conversations that happen at conferences or like at the speaker's dinner, hands down, like the best, con- like the best, definitely the best. Um, so, well, cool, cool. Um, so the next one is kind of in the same realm, all right? So who do you look up to in the industry? Many people for different reasons. Um you know, a lot of people probably say it's Rand Fishkin. Just he's been a, a friend yeah. and mentor for a long time. But Will Reynolds, I think, is is amazing from Sear Interactive because yep. he really gets the human side, and he's very passionate about that. And I, I love that. Yeah, those two are uh, super uh, like best friends too. I don't I don't know if you follow them on Instagram, but it's like, do you guys just like hang out and like vacation together? You guys are in <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, we hung out with him quite a lot in Scotland in the last gig we did. But actually, I have to add Andy Crestadino to that. He is the nicest man in the world and one of the best, most talented content marketers there is out there. Uh, I love him. He's amazing. Got it. Got it. Cool. All right. So, um, you know, you guys haven't always been, um, you know, a team of five, ten people. So as far as hiring goes, all right. So what's like the number one skill? and trait behavior like what do you look for whenever you're hiring someone gas <laughs> which stands for giving a shit giving uh, a shit all right yeah it's like our seventh unofficial seventh core value at unbounce and because it basically powers the rest of them if someone gives a shit it changes the everything and it changes the way other people see how you work and it kind of moves everybody up it's kind of like a all ships rising right yeah. I like that. I like that. Gas. Giving a shit. All right. <laughs> At first I was like, wait, does he mean like like sparkling water? You know? <laughs> is this guy like really like LaCroix? I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, what is this? So all right. Um, all right. Um, next question. So what's something that you do in CRO that most people overlook? I think it's the micrometrics thing. Micrometrics, all right. So like focusing on like those like spam emails, like really getting into like one, uh, not necessarily the full conversion, but like the the little bitty things. Yeah, it's the find, you know, some of your observations and assign a metric to them and try and change the behavior to move the needle. Oh, he's saying that. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> That's some synergy. Yeah, I always love these, these buzzwords. Yeah. yeah, I'm clasping my hands together as we speak, saying synergy. Um, Power poses. Yeah, you know, yes. you find these metrics and these observations, and and you try and change behavior to to change. You know, these micrometrics. It's it's the most exciting thing I've ever done in my work. I've started doing this like only a few months ago, and it's way more fun. <laughs> I'm finding. Yeah, because anyway, it really gets into that like psychology element. I really, um, I think that's that's really cool. All right, last question. You are you are doing a great job here. So, let's just say CRO design unbounced the internet maybe were to disappear tomorrow. <laughs> like, what is your next job? Yeah, wildlife photographer. Wildlife photographer, man, that was like, yeah. and you like, you were ready for that one. I like. <laughs> it's my biggest passion in life. Uh, it's uh, that's yeah, and I wouldn't like it if the internet went away because that will hope. <laughs> when I do that, <laughs> when I get back to doing that full time, uh, which I've never done it full time, um, you know, I'm gonna have to try and sell it online. So hopefully the internet will still be around, but at least I'll be able to take the photos without the internet. 
Yeah. Can, uh, can people, um, can people find you and, uh, look at some of your photos? Yeah. Oligardner.com. All right. I'll, I'll definitely make sure that, uh, I find some of these, um, and put them in the, uh, show notes so people can see some of your wildlife photography. Yeah. And look for bison. I've almost been gored three times. So uh... <laughs> Hold on. let's, we gotta, we gotta wrap up the show on this story because this story sounds amazing. <laughs> well, one time, uh, it was because it was in the, in the summer, it's the, the, the rut, the, the, the men are fighting and you know, there's all this sexual behavior going on and these two guys start fighting. And unlike in a playground, when there's a fight, everyone crowds down and watches it with this, all the, all the, the females and the, the little ones, they just run for their lives. So I've been sitting down watching, trying to shoot this and there was a whole, there was a, you know, cause I got a big lens, all these like motorhomes come up. What are you looking at? What do you think I'm looking at? There's nothing here apart from this herd of bison. Uh, <laughs> and, and I get really annoyed. I'm like, go away. Um, but then when this happens, it's like a swarm of fish, basically, uh, you know, 500 tons of meat is charging towards me. I take a few shots, get up and run. And the only reason I didn't get trampled was because there was a full line of cars behind me and I just ran through them. Oh man. So that was the first time. <laughs> the second and third time were kind of the same, uh, same as each other. I'm sitting down photographing uh, the females and the young because they separate a certain time of the year. So a different time. So there's no males, I'm not particularly worried because they're in the distance. I'm just sitting, but I happen to be sitting on a little trail, which I you know, it turns out is a wildlife corridor. And I'm just sitting there and I hear this kind of breathing sound. I look to my right and there's a massive bull bison 10 feet away walking right towards me. So I jump up, pick up my camera and leg it. But then the annoying thing, I look behind me, there's a parking area. There's like 20 tourists with their phones out filming this not warning me <laughs> that this is going to happen because they're going to put it on YouTube That's right. or America's funniest home videos or something. I'm like, come on. And the third one was similar, except someone did warn me. Wow. And, and that's what got me out of the way. <laughs> Jeez. That's, wow. Three different times. That's, uh, I, I can't think of a better way to wrap, it, wrap up the show because that, that story was absolutely amazing. So everyone that made it this far in the podcast, uh, you get rewarded with that story. So, <laughs> well, um, before we, we wrap up everything, uh, PPC week, it's happening. Yes. You guys are putting it on. Um, you want to speak about anything or anything you want to say? Yeah, it's it's awesome. We do a couple of really cool events every year, you know, outside of our conference, uh, conversion optimization day and everything. But this is great. It's a full week next week, 14th to 18th of August, five days online event, the three webinars every day with some real pros. It's amazing. Search advertising, PPC optimization, Excel tricks, audience strategy, tracking conversions, all of that stuff. 15 hours of free PPC content, like nerd out. It's going to be awesome. And it's free. Perfect. I'll make sure that we put that in the show notes as well. I was talking to Nadia and she told me over 5,000 people have registered so far. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. pbcweek.com. That's incredible. So, all right. Well, again, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show, sharing your 3D approach to design. <laughs> uh, I really, I really appreciate it and all the stories and all the tips. You are so welcome. That was a lot of fun. 
Ole, I did it again. <laughs> I did it again. All right. All right. Oh, man. All right. Jeez. All right. Let's try it again. Welcome to the show, Oliver. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to cut that one out too. Uh, I wanted to say Oliver. You should, all, you should put them all at the end as outtakes and we can go through the story again. <laughs> yeah, let's do that.